الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم progress on our path of deen can be divided into two major subtypes progress on our path of deen can be divided into two major subtypes the first are the ibadat these are the acts of worship that we perform and when we perform these acts of worship they allow us to advance in our deen and this is something that we constantly stress at this gathering a regular consistent effort towards recitation of the quran daily has a a major impact on a person's spiritual progress a regular recitation of salawat on rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on a daily basis has an effect on a on a person's spiritual progress regularly reflecting on our deeds and making istighfar in the morning and the evenings that has an effect on our spiritual progress sitting and making dhikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making the appropriate dua at its appropriate time sitting and reflecting on our state calling the name of allah all of these things have an effect on our spiritual progress and day in and day out day in and day out for decades now we keep hammering on this how many times have we talked about various aspects of these few basic principles from so many different angles one thing that we sometimes miss is that along with this routine of remembrance there is also another very important angle to our spiritual progress and that is that when we make an effort towards progress and we begin to progress forward allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he invariably puts us into circumstances that test our progress and allow us to make the next step forward it's a little subtle so l- let me explain it this way let me let me take a step back and also just explain it more globally so if you if you pick up the quran the holy quran and you begin to recite the quran and you you analyze it and you study it essentially there's kind of two main spheres in that in that uh, analysis there's sort of one angle that talks about allah and his grandeur and his greatness and his signs and and they amaze an individual and they attract an individual and they can place an individual in a very very unique state but aside from that there's also 
a whole nother discussion in the Quran of the story of the people who were attracted to Allah. The story of the prophets and the stories of the communities of the people that came before. And these people that were attracted to Allah and the various tests that they were placed under in order to gauge whether they had achieved what they had thought they had achieved and to allow them to advance to the next level. And there's no avoiding this. So, for example, in our lives, we should have a consistent and um, regular effort towards the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we have to have that in our routine. That's, that's key for our spiritual progress. But what we also have to recognize is that not only is that routine going to be what is going to gauge our progress, but there will also be circumstances that we will be placed into. And when we are placed in those circumstances, they come as a test, as a consequence of our progress. To determine, okay, see, what it is, it's like, uh, there's like valves, you know, it's like you, you make a, you, you flow forward a little bit through your efforts, and then you come to a gate. Okay, so a person is put into, the person begins to make effort, begins to uh, progress in their deen, and then what they're going to do, what happens is the person comes to a point, a transition point. And in that transition point, they're going to be challenged. And that challenge is going to ascertain whether their spiritual progress is, has reached the, a level that allows them to move to the next step of maturity. For example, person is uh, regular and consistent in their routine, regular and consistent in their routine, regular and consistent in their routine. And then what's going to happen is that something in their life is going to pop up that's going to test them. For example, somebody comes and says something to them that makes them feel insulted. All right? Or a challenge arises in their life relating to their parents. Or a challenge arises in their life relating to their spouse. Or they are driving and they get into a car accident. I don't know. Anything can happen. Now, that, the purpose of that, one of the, one of the things that, 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 is a, um, that that circumstance puts the person, in, the individual into is, it, it's a test for that person. How do they respond? Do they respond in a way that is according to the sharia? Do they respond in a way that is in a, that's in accordance with their spiritual state? And if they respond appropriately, the next opportunity opens for them. And they move forward, and they move forward, and they move forward. And it's this constant oscillation. You have to understand. What's happening is there's this oscillation of remembrance and trial, remembrance and trial, remembrance and trial. And the believer cannot escape those two. If there's no test, the believer is enjoying themselves in remembrance and is focused on remembrance. And that becomes a trial to become consistent and regular in their remembrance. And as they begin to oscillate through that they eventually get hit with trials. And those trials are testing of them to see whether or not they've achieved the spiritual state that they're aiming to achieve. And we have to never forget this. Because this path is not about it's not only about sitting in a corner and, and, and doing dhikr. This path is about sitting in a corner, doing dhikr, and recognizing that trials will arise and that we need to pass those trials to advance to the next level. For example, we may be maintaining ourselves on our routine and all of a sudden a trial arises in which somebody comes and wants to talk about another person. Right? Now, 
It's the in thing to talk about another person. There's no privacy left in the world. Everything is on Twitter. Everything is on Facebook. Everybody's talking about everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter whether that's the president of the United States or, I mean, this is just a constant world in which we live, right? But the point still remains is that the Sharia has certain guidelines regarding this. So if all of a sudden we get caught up in it and we start talking about people or we start talking about a circumstance, then we lose sight of who we are and we fail in that test. Now, if I fail in that test, I get sent back. And what happens? Now I have to continue to work my way up until, again, another test will arise. Now what happens? I work my way up, work my way up, work my way up, and all of a sudden I get to that point, and now my, depending on who I am, my mother-in-law or my father-in-law says something funny to me that pushes me the wrong way. Okay? Now again, the same story. I can make a big deal about it and say, well, this and that and this and that. Or I can just smile and say, this is a test. This is part of my salute. I cannot avoid this. This is a test. I have to respect my parents. I have to respect my relatives. I have to maintain good ties between uh, the people who are related to me. Each of these things becomes a test. Now what happens? I'm going through life. I'm working on my um, dhikr. I'm reading my Quran. I mean, moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. Allah blesses me with wealth. It's a test. Now the question is, for the last five years, I said, if I had this, I would donate this mother's side. If I had this, I would open up a hip school. If I had this, I would support the refugees here and there. You know, all these thoughts that we had when we didn't have anything in our hand, and all of a sudden Allah puts something in our hand, now that's a test. That is not separate from our saluk. That is not isolated. Like, no, my test is that I have to do 10 minutes of dhikr every day. I have to recite the Quran every day. I have to make a istighfar and salawat every day. You can't separate these two. These are, these are all, these are all one, these are all parts of one. And this oscillation is, is continuous. And read through the, the lives of uh, the companions. Read, read through the life of Rasulullah How many tests and trials came upon them? How many tests and trials came upon them? And each of them was a circumstance that allowed them to get to the next level. The scholars also say it another way. The scholars say that our effort allows us to achieve a certain amount, but being patient during trial and tribulation allows us to attain so much more. So for example, sometimes we have the strength and we're able to do our routine and maintain our routine and develop ourselves and advance, and we're able to achieve a certain state. Other times, a trial comes upon us. And by exhibiting patience in that trial, we're able to achieve another state. Now, you look at the life of Rasulullah it was actually both. So many trials came upon Rasulullah each time he carried them with patience. And still, constantly in the state of remembrance of Allah. You know, like all the engines were on full throttle when it came to Rasulullah's advancement towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his state and connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a very unique example. But in our circumstances, we have to remember that <coughs> you can't separate the two. It's not possible that we can separate the two. There will be, um, we need to be consistent in our routine. And as we're consistent in our routine, trials will come upon us, whether that's the trial of wealth, whether that's the trial of marriage, whether that's a trial with our children, whether that's a trial with people in the community, all these trials will can potentially come upon us. 
And we have to respond accordingly. The rules of backbiting always apply. They don't so all of a sudden go away when there's something exciting and new to talk about. The rules of sadaqa always remain. They don't go away just because now all of a sudden I've decided that there's no worthy cause now that wealth has come to me. There is no worthy cause, but I happen to have wealth. If there was a worthy cause, then I would give it. First, when we don't have wealth, if, there was a, if I had wealth, I would give it. Then when, we, when eventually wealth comes, if there was a worthy cause, I would give it. If there was a real masjid, I would give it. If there was a real need, I would give it. This is just deception. The reality is that we cannot escape these tests and that these tests are actually part and parcel with our spiritual progress. Now, you know, we talk about the, the foundations of, of development and in those foundations of development, we always say there's a few things. We say that person has to recite Quran every day. You know, we recommend that a person recite Quran every day at least 20 minutes a day. And how many times have we talked about that? Again, like I started in the beginning, you should make a istighfar every day in the morning and the evening and it should be consistent and it should be an active and engaged istighfar. We should make salawat regularly upon Rasulullah in the morning and the evening. We should make a dhikr every day, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, imagine calling in the name of Allah in our hearts, doing muraqabah. So we, we mention these things. And then there's one point that we mention at the very end, which is that we say that a person should keep rabita. You know, what, what does that mean? I want to just speak about that in the context of what I've already said. So rabita basically means that the person is going to update the teacher, the sheikh, about their routine. So that's one component of the rabita. You contact the sheikh or you fill out some sort of form. And in that update, you say, I've been consistent with my Quran. I've been consistent with my uh, salawat. I've been consistent with my istighfar, etc. But there's a whole other angle to rabita. And that whole other angle is that when we begin to make progress in deen, circumstances will arise. And when those circumstances arise, those need to be discussed so that we don't fail in those tests because they are just as essential and sometimes more essential in our spiritual progress than maybe the routine by itself would be. That's rabita. Rabita is not enough. People call me up and say, should I eat, uh, Sheikh, should I eat vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so, I mean, that's, then they say this is rabita and somehow I'm spiritually advancing myself. I have no opinion if you eat chocolate or vanilla ice cream. I would actually tell you don't eat ice cream. So don't ask me that question because you won't be able to live like that. The point is that that's not what we mean by rabita. You know, should I purchase an SUV or should I purchase a, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, truck? I don't know. That, that doesn't matter. There's not an issue there. But people want to ask those questions because they don't want to ask the tough question. They don't want to pick up the phone and say, my mother-in-law said this to me, what should I do? You know, that, that, that's not the question people are going to ask. So, Rabita has two components to it. Component number one is that Rabita has a component, the key component, a main component is, okay, here's my routine. Should I be adjusting my routine? Is there anything more I need to do? Is there anything less I need to do? Okay, that's, that's an essential component of that, of, of that Rabita. The other part of the Rabita is, look, this circumstance came upon me. Is there any advice that you have how to deal with this circumstance? Because I feel that this could be a test on me. And that's very important to communicate and discuss as well. And it's just as important in our spiritual progress. And this is something that we mistake. And I would actually say that this is actually the more important thing. You don't need to call me and tell me, I'm having trouble with 20 minutes. What should I do? You should do 20 minutes, brother. 
I'm having the next time. I'm having twenty start with trouble with twenty minutes. What should I do? You should do twenty minutes. That's kind of straightforward. Yeah. Okay. Can you make the offer me? I'm having trouble maintaining my routine. Okay. Inshallah, we'll make the offer you. But that is that whole other component. You know, this is the challenge that I I feel like this challenge has recently come upon me. This may be a test. How should I handle it? And there's so many tests. And let me just say one more thing, actually, because this actually is also very important. This principle applies, the second principle about tests, this principle applies individually and communally. Individually, every person in this room at different circumstances, different points in their spiritual development will face a different test. And that test can be discussed and you can pass that test, which will allow us to progress even more than perhaps our routine would allow us to progress. But sometimes it's also communal. The community undergoes a trial. Like you find in, uh, in Quran when the community underwent Badr or the community underwent certain trials and tribulations. And those also have their own circumstance in which they need to be handled. It's a separate discussion, but they also have their own circumstance in which they need to be handled. So, again, the central principle here is that on the path of suluk, we cannot isolate our dhikr from our lives. It's not that tasawwuf or suluk is somehow my routine and it applies only in the masjid and it's only uh, what I do during my free time for that half an hour a day. It's actually much deeper than that. It's how I handle my life, how I handle my job, how I handle my wealth, how I handle the trials and tribulations of the people that pop up in my life around me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates circumstances and they're all created as a trial. There is no interaction that occurs except that there is some recording of it and that it will be judged. And so we need to be on our guard constantly to think about how should I be acting in circumstance A or B or C. And of course, you, you study the sharia and you study the deen you find that, and, and I've mentioned this many times before, when you read books of fiqh, when you read books of fiqh, fiqh is divided into two major categories. Ibadat and muamalat. Ibadat, acts of worship. Muamalat, acts of interrelations between one another. Now, if I asked you, you know, if you had to guess, you know, what's the division, the books of fiqh, for acts of ibadah versus acts dealing with one another? then you would probably say to me, well, acts of ibadah are the most important. Prayer is the first thing to be judged on the day of judgment. So 90% of fiqh should deal with prayer and wudu and acts of ibadah, and 10% or 5% should probably deal with actions between one another. It's totally opposite. If you pick up Hidayah, you know, Hidayah is a famous book of fiqh. It has four volumes. Volume 1 is ibadat. Volume 2, 3, and 4 is muamalat. Okay, volume 2, 3, and 4 is Mu'amalat, and I'll tell you that they, are, they don't talk about in that Mu'amalat, how do you deal with your mother-in-law, how do you deal with your father-in-law. It's not there. Those things aren't there. Those, that, the Mu'amalat, they're talking about buying, selling, marriage, transactions, divorce, etc. Then there's the whole spiritual dimension of Mu'amalat. And that's actually the trial. That's actually the trial that most of us face. To be honest in our interactions. To be respectful and decent human beings to maintain relations appropriate relations with one another to know how to handle ourselves in certain circumstances when a trial pops up at work or a trial pops up at school or a trial pops up in the community these are very detailed and complex discussions and they actually are, are an enormous part of suluk they're an enormous part of our of our of our, um, of our developing ourselves 
And so we should be aware of it, we should be cognizant of it, and we should be looking out for it. We should be aware of it, we should be cognizant of it, and we should be looking out for it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who are consistent in our routine, and may He make us amongst those who are able to pass the trial so that we don't lose the benefits of our routine, and rather we gain from the benefits of our routine. وَآخُرَ الدَّعْوَانَ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ